Okay, I have to tell you, uh, the most amazing thing that I have ever experienced, it is so hot in Texas. And I, when it's hot outside, I sweat like a nightmare. I tried the industrial strength sweat block where you apply it once. I applied it two days ago. And I haven't sweat. I haven't been smelly. I, it's remarkable. It is truly remarkable. That is incredible. Have we got to the, did we get to the Jeffy test yet? We have not. We have to. We have to try it. I want to try it on his head. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know. I wanted to try a um, cinder block on his head too. (laughs) Uh, This is seriously, if you sweat, especially in the summer, if you like really sweat, this is amazing. I've never experienced anything like it. I've been using the deodorant stick, which is just the best uh, antiperspirant deodorant. But then I tried the wipes. You apply them once a week. It's incredible. Sweatblock.com. Go to sweatblock.com. Get 20% off. Use the promo code BECK. Or you can also find it, find it at Amazon. It's sweatblock.com. Promo code BECK. Friday, we begin with baby food in the border in 60 seconds. Patrick wrote in about his uh, experience with Relief Factor. He said, I got such great results, Glenn. My knees were hurting so bad that walking and getting in and out of the car even was difficult and slow. Three months in now, and I don't even think about my knees anymore. Relief Factor works. Worked for me. Patrick, thank you so much. It worked for me as well. I such pain in my hands uh, that it was they were almost unusable in many things. My my wife actually, in one of the most humiliating, emasculating things I've ever gone through, my wife, I'd have to wake her up in the morning to tie my shoes or button my shirt. It was awful. And if I feel emasculated, I mean, there's really, there's very little masculinity left in me. I was a chick. And don't judge me for that. Anyway, uh, here's the thing. Relief Factor. Please just try it. 1995 developed for you. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month, just like Patrick, just like me. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4, relief. ReliefFactor.com. Okay, so I cannot take it anymore. Uh, The Washington Post, the faux outrage that Biden is stockpiling baby formula for undocumented immigrants. That's the headline. Okay, here's what happened. Um, 
Kat Kamick, she's a congressperson from Florida, said, while mothers and fathers stare at empty grocery shelves in panic, the Biden administration is happy to provide baby formula to illegal immigrants coming across our southern border. Uh, yet this is another in a long line of reckless, out-of-touch priorities from the Biden administration. All right, Governor Abbott came out and said the same thing. You see the American government sending by the pallet thousands and thousands of containers of baby formula to the border. That makes my blood boil. All right. Okay. So the Washington Post decides to debunk this. This is what they have come out with. CP, they, they called the Department of Homeland Security. CPB takes seriously its legal responsibility to ensure the safety and security of individuals in our custody. Ensuring migrants, including children with infants, in our custody have their basic needs met is in line with the administration's commitment to ensuring safe, orderly, and humane processes at our border. CPB complies with all applicable uh, regulations for the purchase of products used in our facilities. Now, Mm. they go on to say, Donald Trump did this. Donald Trump did this. And so the Washington Post concludes... This is ridiculous faux outrage. The shortage of baby formula is a serious issue. The administration is seeking to address. But at the same time, the administration can't be faulted for following the law, providing baby formula to undocumented immigrants. And anyone who suggests this is a result of specific Biden policies is reckless and out of touch. And they earn four Pinocchios. Go to hell, Washington Post. So wait, so the... So the accusation is we say Biden is doing X and the Washington Post says that's a lie for Pinocchios. They're doing X, but they think it's the right thing to do. Yes. Yes. So it's not a lie. There are pallets of baby formula going to our border and being hoarded for illegals. Now, it's required by law. However... Why would you follow that law? Look, I don't want any babies anywhere to not have formula, even illegals on our border. However, why follow that law when you're not following other laws like (laughs) don't let them here in the first place? This is we have gone from a country where our president was America first. okay, and everybody in the media had such a problem. America first. That's so hate mongering. Oh, my gosh. We are literally now America last. This guy, this is honestly, this is what you do if you hate your country and your fellow countrymen. This is what you do. You have food uh, shortages. You have baby formula shortages. You apply the law at the border on baby formula but you don't apply the law and you have millions of people coming in. And when you're struggling, it's the time to make sure those border laws are even more more stringent. strict, right? Yes. Like to make okay. sure that we don't have resources that our people need applied in the wrong areas. We are about to pay the highest gas price anyone in America has ever paid. Yesterday, we found out that the Biden administration decided to not auction off leases at a very, very oil-rich area 
they decided, no, you know what? We're not going to auction those leases. And instead, we are tapping into our strategic oil reserve. We're on the verge of war, and they're tapping into the strategic oil reserve. They're not replacing any of it. They can't replace any of it. And they're not opening it up for America. They're sending our strategic petroleum over to Europe. America first? No, this is America last. You only do this if you hate your country. And I'm sorry. That is apparent. And I don't say, they're not saying, well, yes, actually they are. Many are saying that. Biden's not saying that. And they would, oh, how dare you? 1,800 Pinocchios on Glenn Beck. I'm judging you by what you do. You want to judge Christians, and you can, rightly so, judge Christians, as really a lot of them are hypocrites. A lot of us, a lot of us, we say one thing, we do another. Okay, so we're hypocrites. But we try, many of us, try to be better. Your actions are everything you're doing is destroying our nation, and your learning curve is beyond flat. Your learning curve goes down. It gets worse every day. So I don't I don't know what to I don't know what to say. Let's just start calling a spade a spade and that is the truth. This administration, every single policy is helping to destroy this nation. And you know, judging by your actions, you hate America. And America comes last. By the way, just to give you some some real news from the Babylon Bee, uh, reports yesterday poured in that thousands of babies have been smuggling themselves into Ukraine dressed as Ukrainian soldiers. The refugee infants say they are seeking leftovers from the federal aid Biden has sent over to Ukraine. Uh, Other babies at the border, the oldest baby speaking for the group through a baby translator, said, we trust our leaders to prioritize aid distribution as they did with the billions to promote worldwide gender equity, billions in weapons as a going away present for the Taliban in Afghanistan, or this breathtaking act of generosity amid America's most severe recession in years this is sad the only thing that's absurd about it is that it's a baby saying that but it's true it's true it's breathtaking we are been we've been so generous to the taliban we are now so generous to the people of ukraine and i like that I mean, I like the fact that America is always the first to help, but not at our expense. How are we going to help anybody when we're crippled? How is this? How are we going to be the most charitable nation on earth when you don't own anything? You don't have anything. When you can't travel, you know, they're talking now about this summer probably going in possibly going into gas rationing if you can't afford to drive across the country if you can't afford to go on vacation in your car you're not truly free you are not free when it is government caused 
look, there's no there's no such thing as you're a guarantee. You have a guaranteed right to be able to fill up your gas tank. That's 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 not possible. But when the government intentionally sabotages the oil and gas industry, well, they are taking away your God given right to free movement. Just buy a hundred and nine thousand dollar Tesla. Oh, that's uh, it. Just, just if you just have a Tesla. I mean, Stephen and, Colbert has one. And you know why what? don't you have one? So, yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, I think Ricky Gervais came up with the. He didn't know this, but have you seen his show Afterlife? No. It is hyster very dark, but hysterical, just hysterical. At one point, he's a reporter. He and his photographer go out. There's this little teeny newspaper. And they always just do stories about local people in the news in England. And he and his photographer go out at one point because, well, it's a baby milk episode. And this woman has decided she can, she can do all kinds of things. Listen to this scene. Well, I didn't breastfeed this time. Not convenient. Obviously, I was still lactating. So I thought, waste not, want not. So I expressed and started making rice puddings. Out of your breast milk, good idea. And it's more natural if you think about it, isn't it? For people to eat a pudding made from human milk. That's what we're used to, isn't it? Well, when we're babies, maybe. So I kept expressing. And making rice puddings. Do other people eat these? Yeah, they lap it up. And they know it's your breast milk? Yeah. Who eats these? Mr. Crosby at number five. He can't get enough. I mean, I can't make huge puddings. Sure. Sometimes I have to top it up with cow's milk. Right. Anyway, do you want to try? Nah, they're fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. The photographer. Oh, God. Oh, Are you okay? No, it's inside of him. Slurping up the back. <laughs> Labrador. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's, uh, oh God! <laughs> Change the subject. So for the bread, I use my own vaginal yeast. <laughs> Thank you. You never need to use your own vaginal yeast to make bread. If you're making bread, oh, we've run out of yeast. Oh, I know. I can use. Forget it. I'll go to the shops. We we'll get a lovely loaf. <laughs> you, you've still got no. <laughs> So, I mean, we got a plan for food shortages. This is what this is. This is how they're going to do it now. Yeah, I okay. think so. I would not be surprised to see Biden propose. Oh, uh, wait until I tell you something else that they're now doing at Mattel. And, you know, I don't have a problem with this, but, you know, the slippery, you know where this is going to end. I'll give you that story in 60 seconds. Who are the entrepreneurs of tomorrow? We're trying to answer that question, looking at the state of decaying and our public education system and the fact that kids don't are not being raised to risk anymore. Don't skin your knee, let alone risk enough to start your own business. There's a growing number of kids out there who are getting the right message. Kids who are reviving the notion of opening that lemonade stand, except they they now have the internet, kids who are starting up the lawn mowing business, kids who are starting the online merchandise store, kids who are already on the path to shape the future in a positive way. If you think that this is inspiring uh, and you think kids need to be inspired by 
entrepreneurs their age look no further than the pages of the Tuttle Times. It's a magazine dedicated to teaching our children about entrepreneurship and other freedom related things. You can get access to the magazine right now at a reduced price for forty nine dollars for the entire year. Give this to your kids. Inspire them. Give them examples of other kids doing great things. Your kids, your grandkids. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the magazine, $49 for 12 months. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Oh, man. So... Mattel is coming out now with inclusive dolls, uh, including prosthetic leg Barbie. Hmm. And, you know, Barbie with hearing aids and uh, uh, Ken with the skin condition uh, vitiligo. So. Skin condition dolls? Yeah, skin condition dolls. Yeah. Now, again, I, I guess you could see if you if you were a, a kid that had one of these conditions. I don't know. Would you want a doll with the same condition I as want you? The, I want the fatso Ken. Yeah, all the I Kens want. I ever saw were in good shape. Yeah, well, that's disgusting that's, to that me. That is disgusting. I want fatso Ken. Yeah. So, be, um, where's beer gut Ken? I don't know. Where's I the actual know. Ken? Like, see, Ken, this is... Ken, where's Ken right. 10 years into this thing with Barbie where he's sick right. of her? Right. And he's got a beer gut and he hasn't, you know, he's got ear, you know, ear he's out hair. fixing the RV, that the RV. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that's what he's doing. And trying to get away. Right. Exactly right. Because Barbie, she was great when, you know, she was nine feet tall and weighed 110 pounds. Right. But now, now you know, she's right. It, it's not looking she's trailer as, trash. She's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, this is going to end in, you know, binary Barbie, you know, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Oh, I, I'm shocked yeah. they don't have that already. Yeah, I'm shocked. Non-binary. So I, I would say we non-binary Barbie. Barbie. Yes, you're right. Uh, I, I have some suggestions for Mattel. Okay. Now, some might find these a little harsh, but I'm, I mean, for instance, the abortion Barbie. Mm. Where, Didn't we already uh, have that one in Texas? Uh, yeah. uh, you, uh, you just flush out the pieces of the lumps and clumps of cells, mm. and then the kids can see if they can make anything other than a dead baby with them. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that's a little dark. That's a little a, dark? That's a dark one to start with. Right? Was yeah. Well, yeah, I, I could you have started with something. this one. Okay. How about 88% teen trans Ken? <laughs> 88%, 88% teen trans Ken okay. comes with experimental drugs, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, an experimental surgery, mm-hmm. and a, a noose in case the experts were wrong and Ken was part of the 88% that would have grown out of his dysphoria. Mm, wow. that's yeah. I, You got darker. You well, actually, you know, if you're offended by that joke, mm-hmm. maybe you should pay attention to what's actually happening with our kids. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Hmm. Uh, then there's, uh, you know, cause everybody's getting into the boat. So the Scooby-Doo people, I'm just, I'm just suggesting some dolls for them. Uh, you have San Francisco Shaggy, which, uh, lives in craps in the street. <laughs> uh, then you have S and M Fred, uh, because he can do all kinds of things with that <laughs> neckerchief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then you have genderqueer Daphne mm-hmm. in transition, Scrappy mm-hmm. and Velma. Just Velma's just Velma. Just Velma. That's the same. I mean, she actually. We, I mean, was, she was the. I think it, I think mm-hmm. this started in universities with Velma studies. Really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, what is she? Mm. Uh, 
why is she always wearing a turtleneck? Does she have an Adam's apple? Does she not have an Adam? We don't mm-hmm. know. We don't know. That was what the mystery van was really all about. The ghost thing? No, it was in, they were in the van and they're like, okay, Velma, what the hell are you? I mean, which one of us are you attracted to? Mm-hmm. Seriously. That's what was happening. That's pretty, that's deep analysis of the Scooby-Doo uh, universe. I had that analysis probably when I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, at some point, do these companies need to try to develop products that they would sell a lot of? Like, no. I don't, would this be, a, would any of these things no, be that a would, popular product? Are they even vitiligo can? Right, like that can't be a thing that we like. Oh, I got to get that one. Abortion Barbie, you the people who are shouting their abortion, they should be running out to get these Barbie. Give them to all that the one. Kids. Probably would be popular. Actually. It would be uh, it that would one. Be. Actually, would be one they would try to get. But it would be kind of I don't know eye opening as you just there's nothing else you can make with those pieces other than a dead baby. Hmm. You, you can't. can't what, you, what about a, a Volkswagen? Nope. Can't make a Volkswagen. Really? Yeah. Toaster. Nope. Uh, nothing. Nothing. The uh, pieces only make up a baby who's dead. Uh, and so hmm. it might be confusing to kids whose parents are shouting their abortion. But if your parent is shouting abortion for their abortion, um, <laughs> what isn't confusing in your life? Oh, is that too dark or too real? it's got to be confusing I, I am surprised they say something like 60 percent of abortions are mothers who already have a child which i mean if you find out about that later on aren't you kind of like wow was i that bad like was i did i not clean my room that many days in a row like what wow mom i mean way, we th- i thought we had a cool thing here and apparently apparently not by the way anybody who is like slippery slope i mean have we not proven the slippery slope to be actual i mean with with absolutely rare safe uh and legal Mm -hmm. is shout your abortion okay uh gender non-gender bathrooms is now men can have babies uh, uh medical marijuana yeah. is now you can have just it get hot just, just, just anywhere you want again like hot. some of these things you might not even disagree with but like yeah. the argument explicitly yeah. when when mar- medical marijuana was coming into fashion was it would never turn into recreational and uh, it was like, now it's just like just happened remember when they said we were crazy because we said you're gonna start tearing down george washington statues yeah okay um this is from the Washington Post opinion page today. George Washington University needs a new name. From the what post? Uh, the Washington Post. They, they're saying the George what? No, University? I'm sure they're thinking that it was just named after the city, which I'm sure the city was named after something entirely different totally than different. George Washington. Yeah, probably the state. It's yeah. probably named after the state. Thank you. Thank you. Glenn <laughs> Back Program. So what are you doing today to make sure your information is safe on the Internet? Because me, I'm doing zip and I'm guessing you're doing zip on it as well. Now, I'm doing zip on it because I've got LifeLock. If you don't have LifeLock and you're doing zip about it, well, then there's there might be a problem uh, coming. I see a dark event in your future. Um, Here's the thing. Cybercrime is going to affect all of us at some point and All of this information is out about all of us waiting to be assembled by people on the dark web. That is where I don't even know how to access the dark web. (laughs) Do you? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even want to search. How do I access the dark web? I, uh, uh, uh. 
Anyway, um, that's where the bad guys are assembling all of the information that is out about you. And that's where the people at LifeLock, that's where they live nine to five. And if somebody has your information and tries to destroy it, they've got a, they'll alert you and got a team to fix it with you. LifeLock.com. Save 25%. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. The Great Reset is the book from Glenn Beck. It is out now in bookstores. You can read the first chapter for free at glensnewbook.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, welcome, uh, welcome to Friday. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed is joining. When he walked in the studio, he. Uh, his eyes immediately uh, <laughs> ran to my beautiful, beautiful uh, shirt today. Yeah, it, they did. Yeah, they did. And, uh, and began judging you instantly. Uh, he was in, mm-hmm. still in, literally in the door frame. <laughs> Didn't stop, but I know Pat so well. And mm-hmm. I said, "You're judging me for my shirt, aren't you?" And you said, "Oh, is it that obvious?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, it is. Pat. It's, it is. It is." Yes. Um, but uh, my shirt distracted him from a couple of the other things that happened to be in the studio today. Um, the only thing we're going to show you right now, it's going to be show and tell in uh, the third hour today. Um, uh, but uh, right now, I guess you can tweet at us what's in the box. <laughs> uh, what's in the box is probably. It, it is game changing. It changed it changed everything in the world. Would you Would you agree with that? Without that you... thing, the world would be a very different place. Correct. Very and different. I would say in a much, much more negative. Oh, uh, is it the Dean came in a uh, little scooter thing? No. It's <laughs> no. Is, it, is, it no. That? is no. that what it is? No. It, you just have to unfold it when you yeah, take it out of the yeah, box. No. No? Uh-uh, oh, no. Okay, because that changed the civilization. Remember uh, that? Do you remember when... Yeah, that that is uh, what what is that thing called? Uh, the uh, Segway. Segway. Yeah, yeah. That when that came out, if you don't remember, because we were everybody. Oh, it was, was going to change civilization as we knew it. Oh yeah, the, like Bill Gates was in Dean Kamen's office and he <laughs> saw it and he came out said that changes everything. everything. Uh-huh. It will change cities the way they're built. It'll change everything. <laughs> it, and the only thing came, it changed was the way mall cops get around the mall. That, that's about yeah. it. It and not really even that. I don't think <laughs> not even that. I mean, it changed that one movie called Mall Cop. Uh, there was a sequel. Uh, there was a <laughs> oh, sequel. two. I think okay, there was so two movies two. were uh, yeah. It inspired change. Two movies, and that's it. That's <laughs> it, it. Is I will say it's good for uh, tourists. Who normally would take a walking tour? Yeah, yeah that's right. They can take tour. a Segway yeah, tour. Yeah, that's yeah. much better. Uh-huh. Um, there is thing. there's something behind me that we're going to show you in hour number three that Pat can see. That is really beautiful. Uh, that is amazing, uh, uh, amazing, amazing. And it was uh, I rescued it. I like to think I rescued this. Um, everything mm. that um, you know, I I um, I started collecting American heroes. I mean, sorry, American items, uh, because I think we're really actually dealing with people who will destroy history. They are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to start seeing stuff. You know, there's a I can't tell you what the item is because we're still trying to get it. Um, but uh, there is an item that is one of a kind and really the only thing that testifies to this happened. The only thing remaining. And uh, it uh, went up for auction. And it was pulled at the last minute because the owner found out that 
two of the bidders were trying to destroy it. They only wanted to own it to destroy it. Mm. And that kind of stuff is starting to happen. And it is terrifying. Seems like an expensive parlor game. Uh, Yeah, well, this is the only piece. That was the thing that's sitting behind me now. That was one of my concerns. Truly one of my concerns uh, is uh, when you find out where it came from uh, and why it went up for auction. I mean, would you be surprised if that was destroyed at some point? No, we have seen similar types (laughs) of things happen. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So show and tell today. And uh, Pat Gray, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Perfect. 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 Yeah. And you've Mm -hmm. been uh, you've been. Well, you are the I mean, not only the cookie king. Uh, mm-hmm. With Kexi cookies, but you are also uh, sitting on just a mountain of uh, baby formula. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You've been hoarding that mm-hmm. stuff. Hoarding it forever. Yeah. Well, I immediately since thought since I had you. babies, and it's been yeah. 20 years since yeah. I've had a baby. Well, you had a baby. Mm. Well, my wife had the baby, actually, but I. But you could have a baby. I if could. You, you could. If I wanted. You, I'm, could, you, you know, wanted men, men can, of course, men can have a baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I immediately thought of you and your hoarding of baby formula when I heard mm-hmm. the White House uh, blame uh, parents for hoarding uh, baby formula. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I thought, gee, I, you know, huh, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Let's blame the parents mm-hmm. of babies who are concerned about having baby formula. Let's blame them. And they've been trying to prepare. And make sure they had enough baby yeah. formula. Yeah. By the way, it's this amazing. is why you don't talk. I, I don't I don't keep food storage. I did. I used to as well. But I, I lost it. In a, you yeah. stopped it. Yeah, I lost, a, I mean, almost all of it mine. It fell in a, into the same uh, body of water that my guns fell in. Shut up. Me too. Really? I was planning wow. on fishing for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Like a year yeah. for my whole family. And then I loaded that on the boat. Mm-hmm. I knew that that was a great risk. People would want that. So I loaded all my guns on the boat. And then I was just fishing. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold... You know, I uh, I got a fish and I started it started to tip the boat and everything went into the drink and it's lost forever. Wow. That's yeah. a very similar fishing trip to what I experienced. That's crazy. And they're gone. All of it. Well, That's I'm going to a lot of formula to be in. Yeah. You know, all the food, all the food storage, <laughs> baby formula, guns, guns, all in the same bottle, body of water. Gone. That's yeah. sad because the only reason I say this is because I also. <laughs> Shut no. up. Yeah. I had. No. I had a what, couple of, what are the odds? Same, what are the odds? Same body of water. Long. Same body of water. Yeah. And yeah. when uh, I get home, I'm calling the sheriff to report it because I want to make sure they know. It was a if big you remember. deep if I remember, body yeah. of water, too. I don't remember which one, but I know it was deep. And all I know, it was I know big. is. Mm-hmm. It was a lake or an ocean. Mine was in a lock. And th- I mm-hmm. will tell you that I have seen the photos of Nessie. <gasps> oh, and bro. I don't know what yeah. she eats. Well, mm-hmm. you realize how th- she's that big because she keeps eating all the food storage at the bottom of the, uh, at the, bottom of the right. lake. And she can shoot mm-hmm. you with her eyes now. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just wouldn't go around or go looking in that lake. Mm-hmm. Well, Nessie just wants her privacy, be able to occasionally Amen, pop brother. up and, and show her head. And, and instead, no. people are always spying on her and invading her private space. So I she's will, got weapons now. You never want to violate private space unless the teacher says they can. And let's just keep that between us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's then that's they can violate I'm the private space. <laughs> totally comfortable. Uh, with that. Let me uh, let me tell you, I was um, I was planning 
uh, on taking three days to go over and look for all the stuff in the lake. Uh, but then I realized um, hate mongering America does not have this law yet. Uh, the Spanish government is now passing a law offering three days of menstrual leave. Uh, and so you can join wandering minstrels. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's Spain. You know, they have <laughs> yeah. those guys. Yeah. Um, so it's for anybody who experiences severe <laughs> period pain, otherwise known as, according to the article, uh, dysmenorrhea. Mm. Dis dysmenorrhea. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I don't want anything that ends in aria. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm even kind of worried about Korea, you know? <laughs> Uh, but, uh, we should probably not call it that. I'm just, I'm comfortable with uncomfortable cramps, but, uh, now anybody who, you know, has, uh, painful cramps and men can get pregnant. So Mm -hmm. ow, ow, ow. Oh Oh, my gosh. These cramps. And it's, what's weird is they never happen on the weekend. Really? Yeah. Usually only during the weekday. That is so really I may be out for a few days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You have them too, don't you? Oh, all the time. Let me ask you this. All the time. Did you see the um, the memo from Netflix? Yeah. That's, it was encouraging. This is. Right? This is really good. This is really good. Um, Netflix had a culture memo. <sighs> Um, in a section called artistic expression that states it will not censor specific artists or voices, even if employees consider the content harmful. They said, if you find it hard to support our conduct, our content breadth, which is so wide, mm-hmm. I get those conservative mm-hmm. Shows. Oh, all there's the almost time. too many of them. Too many. There's almost too, too many. many. It goes yeah. from all the yeah. way from ultra liberal mm-hmm. to socialist. Yeah, right. It does. You know, all the whole right. the whole the spectrum. Whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once in a while, just a deep, deep progressive. Oh, it's some we'll communism. Some <laughs> yeah. Deep communism. Yeah. All right. So some fascism. It's good. It's good. Mixed stuff. In. Uh, Netflix may not be the best place for you if you don't support our breadth. Um, the memo states that employees may re, uh, re, uh, may be required to work on projects that they perceive to be harmful. And if they have a hard time accepting their work assignment, they might want to consider working somewhere else. I honestly thought that's how all jobs worked. Yeah, I, me you too. Know, that's really too. what I believe. Yeah. And I, I kind of thought that's how it worked. Can like you, you imagine if Stu said to you and me, Pat, you got to change your show because what you're doing is harmful and I cannot work around it. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, so, oh, well, I just, okay. So, so who's got the problem here? It's <laughs> yeah. not, me. not our problem. Right. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but if, that kind of changed. It seemed, seemed to change because Disney's employees kind of forced them and forced their hand. But this, right? I really think this, they say this is because of the Dave Chappelle thing. Um, and that wasn't, I mean, that's not exactly, that wasn't, co- that, that was just common sense. That wasn't conservative. That was just common yeah. sense. Well, he's not a conservative you know, by any just means. decency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I think that this is what they say. This came out because of that. Mm-hmm. However, it's been several months, hasn't it? Since that came out mm-hmm. several months, uh, mm-hmm. what's happened in between Disney. 
Uh, what's yeah. happened in between? Spotify. Netflix getting canceled. Uh, their their mm-hmm. um, uh, subscriptions are way down. Their stock prices are way down. It's funny when conservatives actually play the game that has been played on us for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, they respond. Isn't that weird? What are we learning yeah. here? Yeah. What are we learning? Their stock price mm-hmm. goes down. They start losing money, and all of a sudden, they're like, "You know what? We're 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 not as inclusive as we thought we were." The Spotify mm-hmm. one is particularly, I think, a good, and this was not really, I don't think, conservatives stepping up, but the, the the Spotify one was an interesting example because it just showed that you can survive it. Yeah, they didn't they didn't come out yeah. and say because they didn't even stop talking out about issues. They just said, you know, no, no. we're just going to do what we're doing, and. Now, and part of this, I think, is because they're very disconnected to U.S. politics. This is a yeah. this is a European company, and they weren't as involved in our back and forth over that stuff. And right. they just sort of said, "Yeah, no, we'll just we'll just." You yeah, know. They don't have half of their employees that you know had worked for the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only a know. third. Only. Uh, so, <laughs> but it's interesting because they just kind of didn't do anything. You know, they, they did criticize. They came yeah, out and yeah, said yeah. they pulled off episodes. They, I mean, they weren't perfect by any means, but they just didn't over. There's no, there's they, a change. They didn't overreact. There is a change nice. that is mm-hmm. happening. I don't know if you saw this BlackRock, who is ESG central because uh, of Ramaswamy's new um, hedge fund, fund yeah. uh, that he is introducing, which is against ESGs um, BlackRock. Uh, voted for fewer climate shareholder provisions. Uh, they said, you know, it might be in our assessment. Um, maybe we shouldn't micromanage companies uh, quite so tightly. Really, really, mm-hmm. really. Wow. Now I don't believe it from BlackRock at yeah, all. That's hard, that is hard. To um, but uh, they're at least saying I mean, these things now. They're, the tide but, is changing. <clears throat> we are winning, and when you have a revolutionary with no hope of re-election, and they're in power, I warn you, that's when they feel cornered and they become extraordinarily dangerous. Back in just a minute. Rough Greens. Kurt writes in about his dog's experience with Rough Greens. Our five-year-old healer uh, named Pepper loves Rough Greens on her food. After about a week of using it, we noticed that she seemed to have more energy and was wanting to play more. Rough Greens have turned back the clock on her activity level. She's acting more puppy-like. Her coat is super shiny. She scratches less now as well. Um, you know what? We we didn't even know this was a problem. When your dog licks their their feet, that that's a sign that they have some deficiency and I don't know what. But uh, that was the first thing Dr. Black told me when I started with, he asked, does Uno lick his feet? And I'm like, yeah, a lot. Mm. He's like, yeah, it's deficiency. What if you have a, uh, a president that licks his feet um, in the middle <clears throat> of a press conference? Rough Greens, confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. They'll give you a free bag. The first bag is absolutely free. You just pay for shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-B-E-C-K.
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in just a second. I want to talk to him about this new poll that shows that apparently um, widespread birth control access is popular if they uh, if abortion is outlawed. I'm willing to make that trade. I don't know about you. I, I'm 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 good with oh that. Oh my gosh! How 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 many condoms would you like delivered to your home on a daily basis? Right, a thousand. If you'd like 1,000 condoms to your home every day and you want to trade that for abortion, 100% in. How about a car? A car. A, a car <laughs> Would you like a car? We'll fill it with pills. Yeah. <laughs> we will. It will be powered by spermicide. Yes. And a that's new what you spermicide-driven car. We will pay for it entirely. If you want to start a condom company, we will buy all of the condoms from you and you can profit from you it. Wanna you want to be trade spayed or neutered, I'm willing. I'm willing to and then do it you know, by professionals, not vets. And look, <laughs> we agree with you that you should not have children. Yes. Okay? We just don't want you to start the process and then kill them. No, seriously. So, ju- you so seriously, stay- I am not for government programs and oh. I think the churches would be more than happy to provide all of this yeah. make it oh, yeah. make it available everywhere what a trade-off that would be stop killing children and we'll provide birth control and you can tell the left needs to figure out a way to expand this out sort of the sh- outside of the shout your abortion people they're trying to say well That's this is actually about uh, 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 birth control but they are expanding also now they are the ones giving the transgender kids the drugs at Planned Parenthood they are expanding. This is the Glenn Back Program. Yesterday, the White House blamed parents for the baby uh, formula shortage. Uh, The Washington Post came out and said four Pinocchios that uh, the Biden administration has uh, shipped pallets of baby formula down to the border. Although it actually said, yes, they did do that, but they were required by law to do that. And so you can't hold them responsible for upholding the law. No, but can we hold them responsible for selectively upholding the law? Bill O'Reilly is here. He is, by the way, an 18th number one New York Times bestseller. His book, Killing the Killers, just came out this week. It's number one. I don't know how you do that on the New York Times. He's number one in all all of the, the, the lists. But the New York Times, he might be a secret progressive. Number one book in the country now, Killing the Killers by Bill O'Reilly. It's a great book, by the way. He's coming up in 60. 
So I had a really disturbing conversation with a uh, with an industrialist, and we were talking about you know the future of our country, and he talked about immediately our schools, what we're teaching, how kids don't go out and play baseball anymore. So you know they go out and play in a you know in a league, but they don't go out and they have to organize it themselves. They have to be the referee themselves. They have to make the calls and settle fights and everything. He's like, they're not learning anything to actually be brought to a business world. And they're not, they're, they're being sheltered, so they're not risking. How do we get the next generation to risk and understand how exciting it is and how good it is to be an entrepreneur and follow your path? Well, the Tuttle Twins have a magazine that comes out monthly. It's called the Tuttle Times, and it is dedicated to teaching your kids about entrepreneurship and other freedom-related things. And they show kids that are just inspiring, kids that have started their own businesses who are, are living the American dream at their age. Get access to this magazine now at a reduced price for your kids or your grandkids. $49 for the entire year. Inspire them. Show them what life can really be like. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Bill O'Reilly, congratulations on your uh, number one status. Uh, You deserve it. Killing the Killers. Thank you. It is on the New York Times uh, list as number one, and that's not easy to do, as everybody knows. Um, I got the uh, I got the word on Thursday. I was in Manhattan, uh, and I immediately went to St. Patrick's Cathedral, where my parents were married, and I said a prayer. I, I mean, even though this is the 18th time I've been number one with the books, um, it's still to me almost a magical occurrence that that happens. We put a lot of hard work in these books. There's no doubt we do. And they're good and they're interesting to read and you'll learn a lot. But I don't take this for granted, Beck. I mean, it's not like I take uh, being on with Beck on Friday for granted either. But this more so. The yeah, number one thing is... You're, you're, you know, our relationship on air is, uh, is fun. Uh, but you wrote a very nice letter when you found out. You were very humble, which I, th- I really thought Makada had written the email. Uh, because you're very humble, and and it was really nice um, to hear. And I was so ha- I'm so happy for the success. Look, people, are, they don't understand how hard this is to do. Number one, uh, and when I get a guy like you who's got millions of listeners, and he says he likes the book, and people know that you barely read any books, then yeah. it means a lot. Yeah. And, and it's no, true. I I know, and uh, thank it's you true. for using me. Anyway, uh, so, Bill, what is the number one story uh, this week in your, in your uh, The mind? total collapse. You know, can, I, I, I want to advance this story now, the Biden story. So it's beyond any kind of debate. If, if you in your life have a person who still thinks that Joe Biden is doing a good job as president, then you might want to reevaluate that relationship. Because it, it's a delusional relationship. You're not dealing with a person who's got a grasp on reality. So when a, a wholesale uh, price index comes in at 11.3, and nobody knows what that is, but it's, it's what all of the vendors that you use, your grocery store, your 7-Eleven, your Subway sandwich shop, whatever it may be, those, those are the wholesale vendors. 
when they're paying 11.3% more for their product, guess who's going to have to pay that uh, yeah. down the road? Right. Okay, guess. Maybe that's us. So it's not explained. The media doesn't explain this. They're embarrassed now. The media is just embarrassed because they were all behind Biden. They were in a tank for Biden. They never warned any about Biden. Beck and I did. I remember those conversations in in the fall of 2020 with you. Uh, We both said, you may not like Trump, and there are many good reasons not to like him. But if you put this guy in, we're all going to suffer. And that's exactly what has happened. So now we have to advance the story. Because people, if you don't earn a lot of money, if you are a service worker, if you are in a union, Okay, your salary isn't going up in correspondence with the prices. So therefore, your lifestyle is going down. We all understand this. So, Bill, you know, we're we're sitting here um, today. I, I just don't think there is any doubt. We've gone from America first, which the left and the media thought was just so horrible. We have literally gone to America last. And I I said the people who are designing the policies for Biden, it is clear they hate America. They hate America. Yeah, I know this is circulating around on the internet that that Biden in conjunction with Obama are trying to tank the country. I, I don't I'm not even including him. I don't think he's in, in, that important in my opinion. Okay, it is the people who are there. writing whoever it is that are designing these policies. No, you no, cannot no, no, no. be this wrong this much. Yes, you can. Oh, you can. Okay. So on the right wing websites, the conservative, you know, the real hardcore right, they basically say this is intentional to to tank the economy so that socialism rises up and the progressive left gets what they want. We whip out all traditions in America. We whip out the capitalist system so they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. What I think is happening is James Buchanan is back. All right? So the White House is supposed to be haunted on the second floor. That's the residences. <laughs> all right? And all the past presidents are supposed to be floating around in apparitions. All right? So I write today in my message today on BillOReilly.com that Joe Biden should summon James Buchanan. Who was James Buchanan? Nobody knows because that would require history teachers to actually teach, and that's, of course, not happening in America. 15th president of the United States, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, lifelong bachelor. Many people feel that he was gay. Uh, That's probably true. All right. That's his social problem. Gets elected president after the immortal Pierce, Franklin Pierce, who was drunk pretty much every day he was in a White House, Franklin Pierce. A lot of wine flowing. So Pierce goes out. Buchanan comes in. Buchanan then allows the South to loot and steal all the federal armories, to take all the guns. Buchanan does nothing. Seven states secede in his four years. Basically say, blank you, James Buchanan. We're leaving because we like slavery, and that's what we're doing. So then Buchanan leaves after doing nothing back Nothing for four years, allowing chaos to reign. Lincoln comes in, Civil War, worst debacle in American history, um, hundreds of thousands dead and maimed, and it's all on James Buchanan. 
And then he goes back to Pennsylvania and says, oh, it wasn't my fault. That's Biden. That's so Biden. when you say he did nothing, that was the the last part of Obama's term. What what Joe Biden is or his administration is doing is not nothing. They are. I mean, look, we are depleting our strategic oil reserves, sending the oil over to Europe putting us into a very dangerous situation. They are canceling another oil uh, auction for for really f- oil-rich property while we have the highest gas prices. Uh, we have baby food shortages, and they're just blaming it on the kids while there are pallets of baby food down at the border, which are required by law. If you're going to have people, you have to make sure you can take care of the infants, and that's right. But why are they selectively doing that law when they have an open border policy? They're killing us every single way, every okay. way possible. Number one, those kids are eating too much, Beck. We got to cut back on that nutrition to those yeah. kids. All right, they're lucky they got out of the womb after Biden. He wouldn't have any. He doesn't want any limitations on. They were they're lucky they got here. What are they whining about baby formula now? Is that what we're hearing? Look, Biden gets in there. He doesn't know what he's doing. Would you and Stu agree with that? Yeah, he definitely uh, does not know what he's doing. I okay. don't think he he's not competent. Yeah, he's he not competent. Administrate. Yes. Yes. He can't do it. People come to Biden. They walk into the Oval Office and they say, hey, let's cancel the pipeline because it's bad for climate change. And Biden says, OK. Then they come in and they say, let's not enforce border law because that's mean to the migrants. And Biden goes, OK. Then they say, hey, um, under Trump, inflation was just 1.4 percent, and Trump had to deal with the COVID shutdown completely. Now, under you, it's 11 percent, but let's blame COVID. And he goes, okay, this is a man who cannot yeah, think but what in I'm, the office. I agree with that, but... I'm talking about the people who are coming into the office. All right, but they're he's not, not all make morons. A personnel decision. Yes. He's not going to say, "Hey, Larry, you're an idiot," and the last seven things you've told me to do have been horrible for the country. People don't understand what the word incapacitated means. He can't make decisions. He is, whether he knows it or not, he is overseeing a group of people that are in a death cult. What they are doing is causing, I mean, look, just look at the border. We have now the the CDC's national vital statistics from uh, 2021. There were 107,622 Americans between 18 and 49 that died from fentanyl. Okay, that's the largest number of Americans who have died from drug overdoses ever and an increase of about 15 percent in increase from 2020, an increase of 50 percent from 2019. Now, you've got those numbers. Now, let's look at uh, what happened with covid 
Same time period, 18 to 49 in 2021. So I'm giving it at the height. 1849, one year, there were only 41,000 deaths. And we shut down everything. Everything. We are killing our 18 to 49-year-old adults, and they don't give a flying crap. Okay, that's all true. But do you think Joe Biden has a sheet of paper with those stats in front of him and he's actually thinking about how to solve? No, but I do think no, but I do think the people who are making policy, for instance, the safe smoking kits with the free crack pipe, somebody put that together. Then somebody hid it. Saki, somebody made the decision to hide it. And now we do know that, yes, five cities got free crack pipes. Listen, you can do this all day long. You can, you can, every policy, everyone that the federal government has dealt with in the last 16 months has failed. So you might think that there'd be some firings, right? Maybe some new blood come in. No, because Biden doesn't know the difference between success and failure. See, people, when I say this, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. No, I think I, I think we because have a president you, who I, cannot think. I know he is incapable of thinking. But you, you, you might think that you and I disagree. We don't. On that no, part, I, I we're understand in. That we're in lockstep. Is these incompetent people around him doing these crazy things? We're tr- right, yes. Yes, but nobody's going to replace them. All right, because that would have to come from Biden. Yeah. And he doesn't know what they're doing, doesn't care particularly what they're doing, wants to go to Delaware and have some jello. That's where he is. And also spend some of his Chinese money. All right, back with uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly here in just a second. I want to talk to you about the new press secretary, Bill, when we come back. All right, Rough Greens. Bart wrote in, my dog loves Rough Greens. She has been skinny and doesn't eat much. When I received my trial bag, I dipped a spoonful of Rough Greens in and held it out in front of her nose. She immediately lunged forward like she does when I hold out a meaty treat. I dumped the spoonful on top of her existing food. She watched me intensely as I stirred it in. Uh, she ate everything in her bowl in five minutes. Thank you so much, Rough Greens. Thank you, Bart, for trying it. And the trial pack is is free, so you can you can try it just to make sure your dog eats it because that's the number one thing. I don't even know what it is, probably 10 or 20% of people who are like, my dog won't eat it, and I know picky eaters, um, but your dog usually loves this stuff and and your dog needs all of these things so you can get a free bag just to make sure your dog eats it and the longer you put rough greens on their food the more changes you will see in your dog i am telling you i'm still seeing changes in uno in uno uh, get your first bag free just to try out if you like it. All you pay for is the shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLENN-33. Call them today. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so Jen Psaki is now out. I would love to hear your analysis uh, of her quickly and then what you expect from Karine Jean-Pierre. 
Okay, Saki did an excellent job for Biden and a terrible job for the country. But that job now, White House press secretary, is just propaganda. I mean, it's not like these people are going to tell anybody the truth. They, they tell us what they are told to say by Ron Klain. Ron Klain is the uh, top advisor of Biden in the White House. He's the chief of staff. He tells Saki every day, this is what you're going to say. All right, these are the anticipated questions, and here's how you answer them. Saki goes out in an excellent manner and with authority and, you know, Condescension. Calm. Condescension. What, yeah, she's yeah. arrogant, mm-hmm. but, you know, most of them are. Come on, we all know that. And then, but here's the thing about Saki. Saki knows the ship, it be sinking. And Saki knew that six months ago. So Saki is the only person now who is benefiting from inflation. Stay with me. So when Saki saw that this was going to be a disaster, her people started negotiating with MSNBC for a job. But as inflation went up, so did her salary demands. And she got a lot more money now than she would have gotten, I don't know, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. So she's actually prospered. Now, the new one is not nearly as smooth and experienced as Saki. So she's likely to get rattled, but if any question comes to her that she can't answer or she doesn't look good, it's going to be racist. Uh, yeah, and well, let me tell you, uh, she tweeted in 2016, she said Donald Trump is a deplorable, illegitimate president. Of course. She called him a cheater, a criminal. Um, I mean, she has said some awful, awful things. Here's one. Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. She still has said that Stacey Abrams is a legitimate winner of that. There's nobody that is is intelligent at all that believes that unless you're intelligent and you're just a bald faced liar. But that's what she got the job for, because she delivers propaganda, and that's what they want. They don't want anybody who's going to actually level with the folks and say, you know what, the uh, 11.3 wholesale inflation rate, that's going to really hurt every American in the next five months. No, but you Um, you don't have to say it that way, but you can say the truth. You know what I mean? I mean, you can spin the truth, but the, the truth doesn't even matter with these people anymore. Doesn't matter. Are you going to watch uh, Jen Psaki at 9 o'clock on MSNBC? Are you going to watch her? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Riveted. <laughs> Riveted. I, I mean, I don't even know where MSNBC is on the uh, in the cable box. Yeah. Um, I'm not, but look, this yeah. is the country we live in now. All right. Bill O'Reilly, his new book is Killing the Killers. It is great. It is the true story about... Uh, how we got the terrorists um, and what we did and the truth on um, enhanced interrogation and so much more. Killing the Killers, available in bookstores everywhere. Bill, thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. The Glenn Beck Program. Carol just wrote me in about her experience with relief after she says, I have arthritis in my left foot. It used to be really painful at night. Ever since I started taking relief factor on a regular basis, the stiffness is remarkably better. I am 
absolutely amazed. Thank you so much. Carol, thanks for trying it. I mean, I don't know if you were like this, but I was. I just didn't think it would work for me, but it does. Relief Factor was created by doctors to help your body reduce inflammation. That's the source of most of our pain. And it has four different ways it, attra- it um, attacks inflation, working together with your body. Um, and, you know, like ibuprofen attacks it one way. This is four different lines of attack. And I think that's why it works when, you know, ibuprofen 800 never works for me. Three-week quick start. Developed for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 1-800, the number 4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Now it's the time to subscribe to Blaze TV. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. I have to tell you, um, the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing, they deserve each other, quite honestly. I mean, I I know very little about it, except there was poop in a shoe or poop in the bed. It was on a bed, yeah. Maybe the shoe was on the bed. I thought it was... Shoe uh, may have been on the bed. There may have been poop in the bed and poop in a shoe. I'm not really sure. I don't really care. Um, It is fascinating to watch this thing play out, though, uh, because most Americans, you know, not the smarter Americans... Um, just care so deeply about Johnny Depp or Amber Heard or blah, blah, blah. Well, I read the first article that I cared about uh, from Ezra Nomani, who is a uh, frequent guest on this program, good friend of the program. She wrote it in The Federalist. How the Washington Post and ACLU helped Amber Heard attack Johnny Depp. Listen to this because it's amazing. Um, Ezra is on with us now. Hi, Ezra. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? You can hear me. Um Clinking away while I warm some water so I can I don't cough through the oh. interview. Yes. Well, thank you for thank you for being on <laughs> with me. Absolutely. Um, what a great article. Can you lay this oh out? Gosh. Because I don't think most oh people gosh. even know any of this. Yeah. Important, and I'm glad that you you know are had a full disclosure that you don't care. You know, on the celebrity. I don't. Crime. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely cool. And but the thing is. This is so important as a window into money, politics, and Hollywood. Okay, right. that's what's so critical here. So what we have playing out is this: are two celebrities, right, with mm-hmm. a, a, a terrible relationship, both of them, um, you know, unhealthy. Yeah, deeply broken, uh, both. D- deeply broken, exactly. And so, you know, our humanity has to extend to all people. Sure. Well, then, what we have is. Um, a nonprofit, a quote unquote nonprofit, right? The ACLU, 501c3, multi million dollar organization, right? That has lost its way, according to even an Atlantic article mm-hmm. last week, taking advantage of this story and catapulting then Amber Heard to become their poster girl for women's rights. Okay, so now they did this. Didn't she um, say that she was giving, I think, $3 million to the ACLU from the divorce settlement, right? Yes. And she only gave like 500 grand and then others started to pay for her. But 
Yeah. So what I did is, so to back up a little bit, right? I, as you are, like we've written op-eds, right? Mm -hmm. We know how they are written. We know how they are placed. We know how they are promoted. So what I did is I just analyzed how it is that Amber Heard's op-ed appeared in the Washington Post, and I broke it down into six phases. And the first phase was establishing her credibility because, you know, at the end of every op-ed, you have two lines that are in italics, and they establish who the person is and why they are a subject matter expert, right? So what happened is that Amber Heard, her italics says that she is now, you know, working as this ACLU women's rights advocate. Well, it was a classic pay-to-play operation where she said that she was going to donate her $7 million of divorce settlement, you know, this altruistic act to the ACLU and a children's hospital in L.A. But indeed, just as you just said, she only donated a very small portion. And then the court testimony reveals that, in fact, Johnny Depp paid $100,000 directly to the ACLU because he's like, why have a middleman, you know, in this operation mm -hmm. if she's going to be so altruistic? And then who does she end up also having donate? She had none other than her next boyfriend, Elon Musk. And, and so that's the first phase. She established her credibility, and the ACLU established her credibility. But behind the scenes was this classic pay-to-play. And explain what happened there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so they've established her as an ambassador for women's rights. And now they have... Um, this is, I'm going to take people back to the fall of 2018. It's a long time ago, but just think about, we have President Trump, okay, in office. So think about that. He's been in office a couple of years now. We have just had, um, you know, Betsy DeVos named mm -hmm. early on in the administration. Yep. And we have this little thing called Title IX. And that was a very controversial issue. It's supposed to have given women equal rights in schools, right? But what happened is that through politics, it ended up becoming a hit job, which is a term that you're going to hear again, on men oftentimes on college campuses where they were not given due process. Right. And so are you gonna, you're going to hear a theme here now because – what they did is in um, November 2018, a communication staffer for the ACLU sends a pitch to Amber Heard's PR person and says, hey, wouldn't it be great if Amber Heard wrote an op-ed? And Title IX was one of the issues that this um, communication staffer said. And let me let me actually quote yeah. that memo. I, yeah, I'd like please, your your please. and Amber's thoughts on doing an op-ed in which she discusses the way in which survivors of gender-based violence have been made less safe under the Trump administration and how people can take action. If she feels comfortable, she can interweave her personal story saying how painful it is as a gender-based uh, violent survivor to witness these setbacks. Yes. Okay. So it's it, the, the, so you and I know as writers, and, and I'll give folks context, that I taught writing the reported op-ed at Georgetown University to students 
So I've been writing op-eds myself for 20 years, and I taught it. And one of the first things that I always taught students, as you know too, Glenn, is give people a personal connection. That's exactly what they did. And I didn't study my rhetoric, but later in life I learned pathos, ethos, logos, right? So you have to have logic, you have to have rationality, and you have to have the personal story. And that's what they then grabbed for okay. Amber Heard to amplify. So I've got about three minutes to finish this oh story. But so, so the, the writer, the ACLU writes back, tried to gather your fire and your rage and really yeah. interesting analysis and shape that into an op-ed form. Um, uh, I hope it sounds true to you. Your lawyers should review this for the way I skirted around talking about your marriage. So she didn't even she didn't write it. It was presented to her. Yes. And And then the rest of the story. It's so important is the ACLU communication staff pitched it to Michael Larrabee, op ed editor at The Washington Post. He should have known better. They should have known better. And they are complicit in this hit job on Johnny Depp. And this is not just about celebrity, but this is about the abuse of power by a nonprofit organization and a journalism operation, a complete breach of ethics. There's no transparency in who wrote this piece. And if any one of my students had presented an assignment written by another student, they would have failed, right? Right. And so they owe um, Johnny Depp an apology, their readers an apology, and they they should just retract the op-ed. But it's an important critical window into how it is that um, these special interest groups place their uh, quote subject matter experts in there to push their own talking points. Ezra Namani, thank you so much. Um, oh my gosh, thank you, you Glenn. Bet. The uh, the Washington Post did publish this in their opinion section under the headline Amber Heard. I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath, and that has to change. There's a lot of things the Washington Post should maybe take under advisement, in my opinion, which I actually author that have to change so here's the good news if your car breaks down you'll have the right tools on hand i can i i know i'm gonna do it not because i have a toolbox not because i you know i I can't i could take it apart but i never put it back together car shield is going to take care of it car shield will cover the uh, the covered repair they will uh, pick me up on the side of the road if if my car breaks down they will get it to the dealership or your mechanic whichever you choose they write the check they take care of everything and you can lock in the price right now everything is going up so the wages of the mechanic and the dealership and the prices of the parts and everything that's all going up but you won't have to worry about it if you have CarShield because you're going to lock in your price today and it won't go up for as long as you have this policy. When your car breaks down, count on CarShield for your help. Get the coverage that I have on my, my, my old trucks up at the farm. It's uh, carshield.com slash back, carshield.com slash back, or call 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. It's carshield.com slash back. The Glenn Beck Program.
Hey, show and tell. Uh, this is a time you really want Blaze TV, uh, just for fun purposes. Coming up in uh, just a few, I'm going to be doing show and tell. Uh, there are some items that uh, I have been blessed to be able to acquire and hold for the Mercury uh, Museum and uh, History Vault. And I'm going to show you some some things that you just you won't believe. Some you really just, cool stuff. Really cool stuff. You'll be able to watch it on Blaze TV, and I'll describe it if you happen to be listening uh, to the podcast or uh, or radio. Um, one th- one thing I am really really tired of uh, this week is everyone saying that cryptocurrency is over. Oh yeah, it's a, is it that time of year again? It is that time of it's year. It's that time of year. It's where over. We all say never this coming all over back. again. Never coming back. It's over. Right. Now that now all of these people have written this article already years ago. Mm-hmm. Every time cryptocurrency goes down, they write the same article, and it always says like crypto is dead. Uh, all the people they 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 find one person who bought at the absolute peak and is down fifty percent. Yeah. And they highlight their life and how it's been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And this is over and it's going to never going to come back. And it's amazing because none of it coincides with anything uh, of anyone in the government. No. And their wishes and what they're trying to do. No, everything no. they do is fine. Yeah. But so I decided to look back. At, now that we're at a low point here, right? Like we're down. Cryptocurrencies had a really bad year. Uh, how bad has it been? Uh-huh. And let's compare it to a normal investment. Okay. Okay. All right. So here Good. we go. All right. If you had invested $10,000 $10, in the Dow Jones Industrial Average yes. one year ago, one year ago, you would have $9,630 today. So you'd Wait be a minute. down a little bit, okay, but not a lot, All right. just a little bit. Sure. Now, people would note that if you invested that same $10,000 a year ago in Bitcoin, you would be down a little more. You would actually only have $8,500. So that's a thousand dollars difference. That's and bad. Pretty bad, right? That's bad. So one of the th- big critics- we should stop there and no. not look at any other time windows. It's interesting because that seems to be what all of these articles are predicated that's on. That's weird. If we look at one, the worst possible time window for cryptocurrency, it looks pretty bad. But I thought maybe, it, it, how long do you invest in? Is it always a year? Is it less than a year? My idea was when you invest in something, you're usually holding it for multiple years. That was what I thought yeah, it was. Sure. So let's look back two years ago. Now, the two years ago time frame, is, time frame is interesting because it would basically encapsulate what we would call the inflationary period. Two years ago was May 2020. So this is when we're just starting to dump trillions of dollars mm-hmm. uh, onto the onto the into the economy, mm-hmm. and people to have nothing COVID. to do, and they can't they can't do anything. Can't do anything. So this They're is when inflation home. starts churning. This is the two-year mm-hmm. period of inflation. We've okay. been told in these crypto is dead columns, yes, that it, it, cryptocurrency is not working as a hedge against inflation. Because look at this one day where inflation numbers came out high and cryptocurrency went down. Got it. Instead, let's look at the entire inflationary period from two years ago. Mm-hmm. If you invested in the Dow ten thousand dollars, you would have thirteen thousand. Four hundred dollars. It's a good return. It's a great return. It's a good, much better than a bank yeah, account or something. Great sure. return. If you invested that same ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin two years ago, you would have thirty three thousand five hundred dollars. That's better. That's better. That's better. That's better. Okay, I wasn't sure. I'm not good at math. It's, but crypto was dead. Remember so that. Thirty thousand dollars. Thirty three thousand or thirteen thousand. Which one would you rather have? I think mm-hmm. I would rather have the thirty three. Okay, but maybe that's just one lucky year. Okay. Let's go back to three years ago. Okay. Three years ago, if you invested ten thousand dollars in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you would have twelve thousand seven hundred dollars today. Not as good as the year. Not even as no, good as the year no. previous. Uh-uh. However, if you invested uh, ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin 
and three years ago, you would have 35,900. That's better. Which one would you rather have? 35,900 or 12,700? I'd rather have the 39,000. Okay. All right. Or 35,000. 35,000. Thank you. Four years ago. I feel like I'm on the price is right. <laughs> if you invested $10,000. In the Dow Jones Industrial Average, four years ago, uh-huh. you would have $13,300. Now, again, it's kind that's of 33% over sure, four years. It's not unbelievable, but it's not a bad good. return. It's a yeah, solid sure. return. Yeah. If you uh, invested that in Bitcoin, you would have $34,600. Again, huh. almost three times as much money. Let's go back five years ago. If you invested in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, $10,000, you would have $15,800. Hey. That's 58%, right? That's pretty good that's return great. on the Dow yeah, over five years. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. It's a no, solid that's, investment. That's a great investment. If you yeah. invested $10,000 in Bitcoin five years ago, you would have $144,200. Which is, which is bigger. Bigger. Bigger than, than the than the 15000 It's almost okay. 10 times. Almost What you times. would have. So you can have, the risk is you could have slightly less than the Dow in the last year. Or you could have three times as much in every year in between, and in the fifth year, you'd have ten times as much. Which one is dead? Because I, the Dow Jones Industrial Average looks like a solid investment, and well, certainly less risky but than the, random cryptocurrency projects. But the Dow has something going for it. It's a rigged game. Oh, you know, you've got the Fed yeah. pouring in the money mm-hmm. and the government supporting all of that mm-hmm. to make sure it n- never fails. Mm-hmm. So and Bitcoin doesn't have that. No, In they fact, don't. Bitcoin has the opposite of that. No protection. And yet it Ontario. seems to be outperforming. Yeah, I'm going to go with the stocks. I'm going to go with the stocks. Really? Yep. <laughs> wow. That's my, that's it. I mean, I know this is a showdown, the showcase showdown here, but I'm going to say... Bob? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, some of each is a rational approach. Shut up. Recognizing that maybe you might lose in the short term with Bitcoin. What about but like 9,000 in stocks and 1,000 in Bitcoin? That might work very, very That'd well. That'd be crazy. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday, and I have some amazing uh, history to share with you. We begin in 60 seconds. In big ways and small ways, you help to shape the America of the future with the way you spend your money. It matters what companies you choose to do business with. And we've never really had a choice, but those things are changing. More and more, companies are starting to say, you know what, I'm on this side. And when they're on our side, if they are offering a good service, 
at a fair price. We need to support them. That's why I am proud to have as a sponsor of this program, Patriot Mobile. And I'm proud to actually call the, the, uh, the, the team at Patriot Mobile friends of mine. They are really amazing and very involved. First, you got to build a good company, and they built a great company. Patriot Mobile has the same service everybody else does. It will save you money. You get free activation if you use the promo code BECK, um, and they have great customer service. Okay, so they're, they're knocking it out of the park. Then they spend their time and money working for and supporting the causes that we hold near and dear, you know, like the things that are helping support the Bill of Rights. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Stand with the people who are standing with you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. All right. So it's um, show and tell today. Now, I want to I wanna start with a, uh, a little story that I was looking up the uh, opium war- wars um, uh, yesterday. Uh, and I know everybody. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody probably was. It was Thursday. Yeah, so of course. of course you were. Okay, so what do you know about the Opium Wars? Do you even know who was involved, really, in the Opium Wars? I remember there were, it was two sides, and there, were, there was a war about opium, opium. if I remember correctly. Right, okay. It's been a while. All right. If we're right on. You're okay, spot okay. on. Okay. okay. Uh, Mid-1700s, British Empire and China. And the British have found... Chinese tea and they're like this is fantastic tea I don't know what it is with the tea thing and the English but it is their catnip you take it away from them and they're like I don't know what to do okay I mean they could start an entire war of us throwing some some of it in the yeah exactly right and they were like this is dreadful how could they waste all that tea I would go into the into the harbors and just slowly slop up all of that lovely tea with a biscuit it's a cookie dude it's a cookie not a biscuit anyway British Empire um, has a trade imbalance because they like tea. China makes a lot of tea. And the British love the Chinese tea. But they also have something else. These amazing worms that make silk. And they're like, this is great. Tea and silk. I gotta have me some. That is a quote from King something or other the seventh. And uh, he's like, get me some of this. And so they sent the ships over to, to China. But when the ships came full with Chinese stuff, usually, and see if this sounds familiar, countries don't like it when those ships go back empty because that implied a trade balance. And then it costs more to get the ship to come and deliver your worm thread and your drinking slop uh, and and because the ship has to be paid to go back empty. So the English were like, look, you need to buy some of our crap. And the Chinese were like, nah, we don't need any of that stuff. And they're like, no, you need to buy some of our crap. And there again, no, I don't think so. So Britain came up with a, a new idea because they had conquered India. You know, I'm sorry. They had just they had just gone over to visit India and everybody was like, please. You guys speak with an English accent, and that always makes you smarter than everyone else. 
And so, I mean, what are you going to do? The English come to your shore and you're like, you got it. Here's the key to our city. Take it, please. Mm-hmm. It's the way it works. You're smart. Historically, that's the way Historically, it works. that's the way it happens. So, um, so they had India. And India can grow poppies. Now, this is before the Wizard of Oz, where you realize that poppies make you sleep if you lay down in a forest of them. So what they did instead was they used it to make opium. And the idea was... You got a trade balance. We'll show you the trade balance. We're going to send your people opium. We're going to sell it to them. And so they started putting opium over the border. Well, the Chinese started to get uh, hooked on it. So the Chinese banned opium. They're like, we're strong on our border and nobody's going to come across our border drug smuggling. Well, as you probably know, That's pretty hard to do, you know, and very expensive. And it didn't stop the flow of illegal opium across the border into China. And guess who won? China continued their crackdown. They arrested British opium smugglers. They destroyed the opium. That kicked off the opium wars. And uh, I just, I, you know, I was thinking about this because now fentanyl is coming to the Mexican ports in Chinese ships. And they're smuggling it across our border. Isn't that weird? Isn't that a coincidence? I mean, I'm sure the Chinese are not trying to get us all hooked on opium or rot us you know, from the inside out, like the British tried to do in the 1700s, because that would if that was their plan, that would require that they would look at things long term. You know, that would require them to remember things of the past. And we all know the Chinese are nothing but now, now, now I've got to have it right now. OK, um, next little piece of history, because it's show until Friday. Um, I wanted to bring some things in uh, that I have, um, my wife and I have, we are very, very, very fortunate. And it is because you listen to this broadcast or you listen to a podcast or whatever. This is you. Um, And everything that I am uh, collecting, let me just say this. In 2008, I had a prompting in my prayers. And all I heard was clay pots, clay pots. And I'm like, I don't know what clay pots mean. Could you be a little more clear with me? I'm maybe not as smart as everybody else you're talking to at night, but clay pots. I don't know what that means. Took me a few months to figure out. And I figured it out because I was talking about our Constitution and our founding documents as sacred scripture. And I don't remember when it was, but I was like, wait a minute, I just said sacred scripture. That's like clay pots. That's the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were kept when people came after them. They were kept in clay pots in the back of some cave and they weren't found for a thousand plus years. But that's why we know extra books of the Bible because of those clay pots. We know a fuller and have a fuller understanding of the time period. So I thought, I got to find me a cave. And get me some of those Chinese clay pots. Uh, and that's why I started the vault at Mercury One. Uh, 
Um, David Barton and I have been collecting. Uh, he's been collecting a lot longer than I have. Um, but together and with the Library of Mercury One, uh, we have more documents on American history than anyone except for the Library of Congress and the National Archives. It's remarkable. Uh, and I have felt uh, an increased pressure personally because I think we are dealing with people that will truly destroy it. If they have power or they have the means, they will not just bury it in a basement. They will destroy it. They do not want the truth. And I say this with pretty good authority. Um, we are currently in negotiations for a piece of history um, that is one of one. And it is the only remaining piece of physical history that this event even happened. And it's a global event. You know what I'm talking about, Stu? I do not think okay. I, I know. Um, it, it, but this piece of history proves it happened. All right. And it has gone up for auction and it was way out of our price range, way out of our price range. And some people were bidding on it and the guy pulled it from auction and he pulled it from auction because he found out that two of the bidders were only buying it to destroy it. Now, that sounds bat crap crazy. But I 100% believe it. We have to protect these things. And that is my mission in life. It may be the reason. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying everything. And I'm going to get up to the other side. And I'm going to go, okay, so. purpose I nail of my, it? I nailed it, right? <laughs> purpose of my life. And he's like, no, you were supposed to buy that guy a soda Back in 1979, because you had money in your pocket, it was going to change the world. He was going to go, oh, my gosh, the kindness. You blew it, dude. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it is my goal to preserve these things and um, clay pots. Let's just leave it there. Uh, so I want to show you some things that we have rescued. And should we start with this one? Sure. Okay. This is uh, an amazing piece that is everybody who has walked into the studio has gone, oh, my gosh, that's the real one. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Rembrandt Peel. This is a, uh, a painting, probably one or two of the most famous paintings of George Washington. Mm -hmm. Many of us grew up having this in our history books. Uh, and it was, um, it was up at the Portland museum and Portland, uh, hmm? Port the, Portland, the, the place that's always lighting its buildings on fire. Yeah. Okay. And tearing down statues of George Washington. Remember yeah. we said they're eventually just going to tear down statues of George Washington mm -hmm. and they're going to destroy George Washington and blah, blah, blah. And, well, the Portland Museum, I guess, uh, didn't have this on display anymore, oh. uh, and it uh, was part of a foundation, and so um, I rescued it, and it will be preserved, and, um, and hopefully we will find a very appropriate place, if not the museum, 
for the rest of uh, our lives and, and that like children's it, lives. It's like a painting. I feel like I've just seen a thousand times. It is. Uh, it's like uh, the the classic George Washington. Yeah, it would be portrait. one that could sit in a room by itself mm-hmm. in an art museum, and you'd go, "Wow!" And you could just sit there and look at it. Yeah, right? yeah. you've, oh, yeah. you've seen it a million times, mm-hmm. uh, but probably don't know uh, where. Now let me uh, let me give you something else. Two letters that we just we just got. Uh, let me take a quick break, and I want to tell you uh, an amazing letter that we just preserved um, from John Adams. It is so today that I I mean it's crazy how it reflects today. Uh, I'll share that here in about sixty seconds. Genu has extended your chance to get their most popular package for 60% off at genucell.com. During this limited time opportunity, you can get their brand new ultra retinol cream for maximum anti-aging benefits with your purchase. Genucell products use amazing new anti-aging technology, and it's hard to ignore the results. My wife and my mom both love Genucell stuff. They've been using it for a long time now, and it's you know it's a great gift if you have a, a birthday coming up or whatever it is you can look your best you can say goodbye to fine lines wrinkles crow's feet under your eye bags um red blotchy skin I and mean, it does the whole the whole thing it's the best in skincare and you're gonna love the results and it's guaranteed or your money back join genucell's best in class rewards program right now at checkout for an extra 10 percent off your order and a complimentary sample gift as well Go to genucell.com slash Beck for up to 60% off world-class skincare. Genucell.com slash Beck. Right now, every most popular package includes Genucell's immediate effects for results in as little as 12 hours. Go there now. Genucell.com slash Beck. Genucell.com slash Beck. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So I just uh, I just got this uh, yesterday. It was delivered to me. So we have not done all of the research on all of it. So I'm I'm sketchy on some of the details on exactly what he's talking about. But this is a letter from John Adams written in his own hand. Have you ever seen a John Adams letter? Look at his handwriting. His great handwriting. Right, that is. I mean, they all had unbelievable handwriting. They really took their time with it. Yeah. You and know? it's small. It's very small. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so this is John Adams, and he is writing to the then vice president, um, Elbridge Gary, who is also a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And there was some problem going on, and I'm not sure I I know all of it. I know some of it, but there was some problem going on with the politicians being a little crooked, a little crooked. And he starts talking about... you know, how these politicians uh, work, and it'll be found uh, at some time or another, selfishness has disappointed the hopes of patriotism and philanthropy in all ages, not only in England in the period of her commonwealth, but here as well. Um, The few, if they are not more selfish than the many, are more cunning, and all in all of the ages of the world, have not produced such glaring proofs of it as the history of this country for the last 30 years. I look back at the astonishment 
with astonishment at the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of this fabric of artifice. I had suspicions of the depravity of our politicians, but I had no idea of the genius. Wow. Don't you feel that way? We, I mean, we know. We suspect our politicians, and this is an important word, are depraved. Okay? They're not just corrupt, but some of them are depraved. We have suspicions of that. But how many of us talk about the genius of those? It is why I have said for a long time, in a hundred years, the truth will be known. But historians will look at what's being done right now and how this all came about and look at each other and go, it was genius. I mean, it was really true. It was evil, but it was truly genius on what they did. He's talking about it in 1813. Okay, um, he said, now listen to this, because I, I want you to hear this and know that this is our lives. This is our turn to experience this. You, my friend, have been hurt. You've been hurt by your country. So have I. We have all sacrificed our lives. We've sacrificed our families, our popularity. Our reputation has been sacrificed. The pleasures, our comforts, while the politicians have accumulated fortunes, palaces in the city, and become pillars in the country. Isn't that how you feel sometimes? Don't you feel like, I, I have to sacrifice my reputation if I'm going to stand up. I, 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 you know, just the pleasures and comforts. I just, I just leave me alone. Meanwhile, all the people in Washington are getting rich. He was then in the, the letter from um, Elbridge. He, he, he says, you, should, you need to write a history book. And he says, you talk to me at 77 years of age of writing history. If I was only 30, I would not undertake a history of the revolution in less than 20 years. There are a few facts that I wish to put on paper, and it's an awful warning to do so that has just been given to me by the sudden death of our friend Benjamin Rush, another signer of the Declaration. And Clymer, another signer, preceded him in the same year, the same spring. How few of us remain. Um. I believe the majority of surviving, we are the majority of surviving signers of a declaration which has given, been given so much credit in the world at the expense of most of its signers. Um, he, he, he talks about how the British said, yeah, the Tea Party, when they actually start fighting, they're going to be so meek. They're not going to put up a fight at all. Um, and to that, uh, Adam says that uh, the birth of America's independence started with the seeds of the of the revolt. And then he starts talking about what he calls in the letter an X, Y, Z affair. This is an affair that um, um, Elbridge Gary went over to France to be an ambassador. And the ambassador said, yeah, I'll help you guys, but you're going to have to pay bribes. And Adams, when he was president, he said, no, we're not. And he exposed all of it. And it was a big scandal. And the American people were disgusted that anyone in government would offer or ask for a bribe for any kind of help. 
Hmm. The Glenn Beck Program. I mean, that that hits almost everything today, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tunnel to Towers Foundation. What are you doing to help others out who need it? Do you give to certain charities, ones that you trust? One you should seriously consider is Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Since 9-11, they have been they're neck deep in it. And they are a four-plus charity. I mean, they, they get the highest, highest rating. Catastrophically injured veterans, first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes. Uh, when somebody dies in the line of service, they take care of the mortgage so the kids don't have to worry about that. The pressure is off the uh, surviving members of the family. And now they're gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans with Operation Home Base. But they need your help. Please donate $11 a month to T, the number two, T.org. It's Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Please join in this heroic effort and take care of our first responders and our wounded veterans, T2T.org. Glenn has a box. It is a very expensive box. (laughs) What's inside actually changed the world. We'll tell you what it is next this is the Glenn Beck program we are so glad that you have joined us uh, today thank you for listening Um, it's show and tell day as I told you a few minutes ago I am doing everything I can to preserve and protect our history and if that means just burying it somewhere in the center of the country where it's lost, you know, for a thousand years, but will be found again, that's fine. I think we are dealing with people now that um, are very dangerous and would would love to destroy American history and proof we did anything. By the way, if anybody knows uh, how to get a space suit, an American space suit, I am in the market for a space suit. Um, I think we're you coming. You live a weird life, man. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have the we have the original blueprints of the Mercury module uh, and a lot of stuff from Apollo Eleven. Um, and I just think there's coming a time where people will say America never went to the moon. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, and I would like the evidence of it. I don't even know if they sell them. I mean, can you even buy a spacesuit from? Like auction? I mean, I know you can't go to the space shoot. I I don't know. This is a question I would ask you. Okay. If anybody anybody knows, uh, please, I'm looking for that. Um, Also, you can help. We are looking for things that are happening today. Your school book has CRT stuff. We are now collecting, and I'm not asking for this because the last, please don't say. um, We are collecting now all of the encyclopedias as they are updated. So we're starting with the first set of encyclopedias and we're documenting what's in there. And then the next set, we're seeing how it is changed. And so we're documenting all of the changes in uh, in history. Uh, We're about to uh, start looking for 300 writers. Mercury One will be hiring um, hopefully in the next year or so. Uh, We need 300 writers um but i don't even know we're still trying to decide how are we going to pick the writers because they we have to know that they understand american history know what they're looking at and uh, i don't want to give you any more than that but if you are a great writer 
stand by because we will um, we, we are looking for help. Um, okay, I got a couple of other things here. Now, I want you to know <clears throat> that your money is not going to the I mean, your money by listening to this show. Thank you. Um, because you listen, ratings go up, commercials, um, you know, are charged for more. And then w- w- it gives me the ability, much to my wife's chagrin, um, uh, to preserve all of these things. This just, I just got from Harry Truman. It's from the White House. No, sorry. It's from Independence, Missouri, November 21st, 1961. Now, this, I was hoping people didn't realize how important this letter was, but uh-uh, I was wrong. Um, it was uh, to a guy that wrote to him about Pearl Harbor and the atomic bomb. So he writes, Dear Dave, I appreciated very much yours of the 17th. I wish I could write to tell you about the 20th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. I have very little to say about that, except that the tears that have been shed on the account of the atomic bomb should have been shed on Pearl Harbor's attack. All you have to do is go to Pearl Harbor and stand on the upside down battleship with 2000 youngsters beneath it. And you can understand why I don't sympathize with the tear shedding of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, because dropping those bombs is what ended the war. Yours, Harry Truman. Um, that's another thing that is uh, is so important. This is starting to be completely dismantled, and we are really working hard on trying to get um, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. We have we have things from the bomb site that I felt a little uncomfortable. I was like, "Does anybody have a Geiger counter? Should we have this here?" Um, But anyway, um, you can help history books that are being changed. You see pamphlets that are being handed out. Um, You get uh, memos from school boards or anything. You see anything, please send it to me. Um, And I know my staff right now is like, no, but uh, we have to collect the things. We are in a time of epic history right now. Okay, Stu, the box. The box is here. The very heavy, very expensive box. Very heavy, yes. Few of these exist. This, what's in this box, changed the world. Uh, I don't know if we can put it someplace where you can see it. Do you want to take it and put it in front of you, maybe? Because maybe the camera can pick it up in front of you. Um, Gosh, this is heavy. What's in this box literally changed the world. It is why this is the birth of the computer. This is the birth of... um, Where are you going, man? You leaving with the box? Are you taking... Wait a minute. You shouldn't leave. Um, So this is the birth of the computer. This gave us the birth of... uh, Gosh. uh, AI, artificial intelligence. All of it. You can open the box if the camera can pick up on it. Uh, you open the box, and inside is the Enigma machine. I can't, this, I'm telling you right now, press, people online, everything, Glenn Beck just bought an Enigma machine. I told you he was a Nazi. No, I just wanted to, I just, I'm going to be real frank with you. 
Now I can translate all of those secret dog whistles from the RNC. Uh, uh, this machine, you can have seats too. This machine is what the Nazis used, the code that we could not break, the imitation game uh, with uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbund is the story of the guy who broke the code. However, that is an impressive story because he builds a computer. Um, And that is truly an impressive story. But people don't know the story of America breaking the code of the Enigma machine. So England got their hands on one of these. This is a pre-1941 after 1941, they added a fourth wheel. It is so cool the way you, they give you the code and they have three wheels in there and you turn one to like number 22, one to number three, and one to number 38, okay? And that changes the alphabet and it's, it, it processes the whole thing. And then when it's plugged in, the keyboard up above changes, Okay. So you can see how one letter is now the other letter, okay? And then you just type on it. And we could not break it because they would change it every single day. They would change all three um, wheels. In 1941, they suspected we were on to them, and so they added a fourth wheel. We broke that as well. England got one, and they were like, oh, my gosh, now... How do we decode it? We have the rings, but we don't know. You have to have all of them, and you have to know which setting it is every day. And there's too many, com- there's too many combinations. Mm-hmm. So even having the machine, they couldn't figure out the code. And that's in the imitation game. That gigantic machine that they built, a computer, the first one to be able to break this code. Americans... There were two Americans that were in the Pacific and knew about the machine, had never seen one, didn't have one. Uh, They were at sea in the Pacific. Two guys sat down and they broke the Enigma, uh, the Enigma code before the British did. And we never told them that we had broken the code. I think that's kind of a cool story, although it probably won't be. As dramatic as the imitation game, because they were just two guys on a ship that were like, what do you think? Uh, I mean, we got a few we got a few days on the ship. You want to try to break the Enigma code? Okay. And they did. End of movie. <laughs> it's not as good a movie. Yeah. You know. I mean, you could end it with a Star Spangled Banner, but then Disney wouldn't that sell it, it to China. And it, that makes it sound easy or less impressive (laughs) than it really was no it's really impressive Mm -hmm. to break this it changed everything Mm -hmm. everything it's wild to have it sitting here isn't it yeah i was thinking about it last night i thought i wonder where this one was i wonder who had it you know some were on submarines some were in germany I wonder who had this one. There's got to be a way. We'll research it. There's got to be a way. I'm sure there's a number on it. Uh, And we'll try to find out what messages did this thing send? It's a little terrifying. It really is. A little terrifying. It's amazing that we were able to actually break that. Uh, You think it just, just, you know, the 
I mean, modern encryption is one thing, but like th to do all this without computers. I know. To come up with this machine. Yeah. Somebody coming up and going, I got it. We'll make a typewriter that will have, you know, 5,000 different combinations of keys and nobody will ever break it. They thought it was unbreakable. Absolutely unbreakable. And we did for a while, too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, initially, yeah. that was our belief. Oh, yeah. We couldn't, we could not decipher anything, anything. When we, when we landed on the beaches of Sicily, we had just started to uh, have the information for the Enigma machine, and they suspected they didn't know. So they were really dicey, and they didn't really... They weren't sending really critical things. When we landed in Sicily with the Great Deception, which, by the way, is Operation Mincemeat. There is a new movie. It's either Amazon or Netflix. It's really good. It's the story of World War II, and Ian Fleming plays a kind of critical role. Um, he is the guy for Operation Mincemeat, where we... we fooled the germans with an old trick we fooled the germans and everyone said this won't work this is the oldest trick in the book you're gonna you're gonna have somebody wash up on shore with secret plans of an invasion and he's like yes and because we're gonna do much more than that they'll never believe that we would try it because it would be so stupid for us to try it so, so Ian Fleming was like, let's go the extra mile and be so audacious that the average person would go that this is ridiculous. Like, we're going to believe that his thinking was some German would go, yes, but they are not that much of an idiot. Yeah. Some looking up online, some of these machines. Um, and uh, the cost of, of these machines and 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 your your wife must hate you. Uh, she must despise this you. This week point. was not necessarily <laughs> a banner week of our relationship. Because I see this incredible painting, the uh -huh. multiple letters that you've uh -huh. uh, pr uh -huh. protected, uh -huh. and then this Enigma machine, uh -huh. which does not seem to be a so lot of these available try living, in the world. Try being married to me with this as my mission, and I'm coming home every day going, yeah, real trouble on the horizon. And then coming home with a bill like this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I said, you um, really are. Luckily, though, you're just you're you're so sexy that she just she just uses she's you like, for your I body. can't keep my hands <laughs> off him. It's worth. Yeah, it's worth it just for the hot, hot times. Yes. Everything else is yeah. just awful. But yeah, she gets to come home and get a piece of that. So, <laughs> yeah, so. she's got that going on. For yeah. Her. What a wonderful life yeah. she lives. She is actually she's remarkable she also really cares about this stuff too i mean this oh is, deeply it's not just you deeply she was you it know because she, she said because you know you when you go to an auction you don't know what it's gonna cost and so i said it'd probably be around this and she was like oh my gosh okay and i came home and it wasn't like that no it was much worse than that <laughs> and i told her and she said mm. what mm. and i told her and uh and uh and she didn't take it well at first and then she came back uh, about an hour later because she had to go for a walk and uh, she came back and she was like sorry I, I, I was just a little in shock and I said I know and she said uh, but this is important 
This is really important. Uh, there's no do. doubt about that. I mean, this is stuff that you know will be uh, on display Those, at the museum eventually. Yeah. Here, right? I might I might take some of these things on tour. I might I might do something very different. There's always the risk that you know something happens to it. And you don't have it anymore, and that's always sad too. I know so. I'll find it at your house if it ever. Something happened and we had to throw it away. No, it's not. It's at Stu's house. <laughs> uh, let me tell you about uh, Goldline. A smart investment strategy. The dollar is getting weaker. Invest in whatever it's weaker than. Commodities. That can be food. That can be art. Uh, that can be precious metals. Really, silver is something you should look at. Gold and silver. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about Bitcoin today, we're not talking about take all your money and put it in gold or silver. Take 10 percent of what you have saved and put it into precious metals. At least consider it, please. Right now, Goldline is having a I mean, a, a, a just a remarkable um, uh, sale going on right now. They're giving away the silver maple flex bar with every gold legal tender bar pack that you acquire. Just call them. And they'll explain them. These are things that I designed years ago with the Canadian Mint and Gold Line. Um, I think they are just the way to own it myself. Um, but you get the every gold legal tender bar pack you get. You get the silver maple flex bar as well at no cost. The last time this was uh, presented, they ran out uh, right away. They are almost out now. Goldline.com goldline.com take advantage of this special right now call them 866 goldline they may not have any left by tomorrow 866 goldline the glenn back program miss a day miss a lot visit blaze tv.com today and never miss a moment of truth Hey, some really good news. Uh, NATO has said Finland uh, can join NATO right away. They just have to apply, and that that'll that'll you know that'll wow that'll be great. Uh, Russia not thinking so. Um, you know, not an active war, but uh, they're going to be looking into what they are going. There will be a response to that, according. <laughs> To Russia. Have a great weekend. Stay safe.